The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Cabinet Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as specially always, is newly minted firefighter, Stephen yes. Brown. Yes, yes. Well, severally newly minted firefighter. Yeah, uh, and this is not a video podcast, but I will say, you're in much better shape than you were when you were a comic I, Yeah, well, so I'm a much more um, movie job. You know, moving, moving around job. I used to have a very stationary job. Now I have a much more get on your feet, go do something job. And yeah. that's good. That's what I wanted. So here I am. Thank you. So we're recording this on Father's Day. Happy night. Father's Day. Happy John. Father's Day. Thank you. Uh, yes. Um, I got into a uh, cold war with my kids on Father's Day because they didn't want to do anything. That's fine. That's, we were going to you know, stop at Mariano's. Let's get them for dinner. We want to go home and play video games. I was like, God damn you. I was like, you can play video games, you leave me alone. You pricks, you little pricks. <laughs> Who raised these little mongrels, John? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> well, me part of the time. Wednesdays yeah, yeah, and yeah. Saturdays. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's now. Now you got the part-time stuff. Yeah. They're old enough. They're fine. But, you know, we got some, we have some sad news because on yeah. it, the week of Father's Day, we lost one of the greatest dads ever in, in comics. comics. Yeah. John Romita Sr. passed away at 93, which is a very good run. That's like Stanley Numbers. But, um, uh, you know, probably known best to modern fans as the father of John Romita Jr., who's um, one of our favorite artists. Yeah. But in his own right, John Romita Sr. was one of the greatest who ever lived. And and a great guy. Not, uh, I met him once in 2002. He and... Oh, yeah. I love this story. Yeah. John Romita Jr., um, his uh, niece, so John Romita Sr.'s grandchild, had some kind of medical condition. So John Romita Jr. at the time was drawing Amazing Spider-Man with J. Michael Straczynski. So he was like really had a lot of – And this uh, was when notoriety. people were still enjoying that run. Yes. It, well, yeah. when, well, I maintain you will enjoy that run while he is drawing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as John Romita Jr. was drawing that book, I was enjoying it. As soon as he left, it yeah. seemed like J. Michael Straczynski just fucking lost his marbles. Yeah, like Mike That's Dia- a separate discussion for a separate podcast. Yeah, like Mike Diodato came in and J. Michael Straczynski was like, hey, I have a lot of bad ideas. Hey, hey those- Mike Diodato, you want to be a giant pervert with me for nine months <laughs> on this weird Gwen Stacy fetish that will kick off? A generation of fetishizing Gwen Stacy that we are still dealing with. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, anyway, probably, separate topic. Pin in that. But probably the reason why we have Spider Gwen because there was enough fetishizing. They were like, we need a we need a Gwen that's alive. I mean that I do think this led to that. You know. Yeah. Uh. But but Jeremy the Senior is best known for drawing Spider Man, and he drew Spider Man. He took over for Steve Ditko, which people thought was impossible in fact he thought it was impossible he had been drawing daredevil and uh was most known for drawing soap operas which will come in very important for spider-man yeah but he got when ditko uh we talked about ditko many times there was a period where ditko was drawing spider-man and not talking to stanley (laughs) yeah i it's like there's very uh there's a lot of things i want to do with a time machine 
But very, very, very high on the list is go and be in the Marvel bullpen in the 60s and meet and see some of these fucking weirdos. And what what the fuck was going on in these offices? Because every story about these guys is crazy. Well, remember, comic books was traditionally guys that did not have their shit together enough to do newspaper strips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This wasn't like a industry people wanted to be in, but these guys were massively, massively talented guys. Yeah, but like these were guys that looked at Charles Schultz and went, "Oh man, you got it together." Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, so Ditko, Ditko was preparing to leave. Stan knew he was going to leave. It was one of those like you know, <laughs> the writing's on the wall. You know. Yeah, you know, like my my marriage went bad for years I was, before I left. God, I was going to say a lot of people weren't. A lot of people weren't surprised when you told them you're getting divorced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I just heard another old friend of mine um had a pandemic divorce so it's yeah like, i mean it's like people did uh one of three things in the pandemic they got divorced they got pregnant or they got a new career you know what i mean most yeah. people did one of those three things yes yeah you got a new career <laughs> that's what i'm saying or you got covid you did one of those four things yeah you didn't do one well, of those we, four eventually things, we all got covid hey, not there i know people that have still not got covid which is insane to me yeah they're not people that mix that is true. They are very safe, very safe people being very so, responsible. So going back to the 60s when nobody Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Ditko was going to leave. So Stan was thinking who could replace Dick, Steve Ditko and um, started to think about John Romita. John Romita. Now, John Romita had just come over from D.C. He had been doing Metamorpho. And um, he was doing Daredevil. He had uh, succeeded Wally Wood on Daredevil because apparently Wally Wood uh, could not keep it together in between the drinking. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He I didn't know that. Draw. You know, you know how they have drinking draws now? That was Wallywood every yeah. day. It's crazy because you look at like Wally Wood stuff. I don't know Wally Wood for Daredevil. I know Wally Wood for well, like he did he created Daredevil, so he's done on the first ten issues. No, I understand it, but I, I've never looked at those ten issues at Daredevil. I've never seen them in person. I they're good. I have yeah, yeah. I have I've got the omnibuses. I've just never opened it. But Wally Wood <laughs> is like um, a sci-fi EC horror guy for me. You know what I mean? That's how mm. I know all his artwork is from that. And it's wild to me to think that 20 years before he was doing that, this guy was just drowning in a bottle creating Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so uh, so he gave him, uh, Romita gave him two issues of Daredevil. Romita thought he was the Daredevil guy. And then um, he didn't tell, Sam didn't tell him, but there's two issues where, yeah. Daredevil fights Spider-Man and goes to the Daily Bugle and J. Jonah Jameson yells at Daredevil. It's and a it tryout was, book. It's it was this audition that book. we had no idea about. Yeah, it's great. And uh, famously, Stan called John into his office and said, so Steve Ditko's leaving Spider-Man. And he said, uh, he's, he, uh, John said, oh, well, who, who are you going to get for it? And Stan's like, I'm going to get you. And he was like, me? I thought you were just going to cancel it. Oh, <laughs> because, wow. So it's good. Ramita couldn't figure out how to do it. And also Ramita was still learning the Marvel style. Uh, he, when he got to Marvel from DC, he, Jack Kirby basically mentored him and it was like, this is how you lay out a Marvel panel. This is yeah. how you do action for Marvel, which, you know, DC was not interested in doing in the sixties. As you always like yeah. to say, if you look at DC comics from the sixties, they kind of seem like, like, Marvel comics in the forties. Yeah, I always say DC is kind of like a decade behind where yeah. Marvel is, and it's like you just—I don't know what um, month Fantastic Four came out, but I challenge anybody to grab any issue of Fantastic Four from one to fifty 
and grab the corresponding issue of Superman, Batman, or Justice League from that same month. And Fantastic Four will be fighting space gods, and Superman's head will be turned into an ant's head in this month. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it's just not the same. It's just like it's like bringing a gun to a knife fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they are not competing with the same tools. Well, and, and you know uh, they're still doing it because the Flash came out this week, and it's basically Spider-Man: No Way Home, which was three years ago. Right? It's <laughs> so, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're always behind the curve. So, um, but Stan gave. Uh, Spider-Man to Ramita and Ramita became the Spider-Man guy uh, for the next 20 years until yeah, probably I, t- until Todd McFarlane. I was going to say, Every- yeah, probably till Todd McFarlane. People don't realize it's like um, if you are picturing Spider-Man in your head and it is a comic book image, mm-hmm. it is probably Todd McFarlane or John yeah. Ramita Sr. Yeah, it even is- more than Steve Ditko. Yeah, the yes, and I, you know, Steve Ditko is complicated because he's such a magnificent weirdo. But, um, he's like Robert Crumb working for superheroes. Yeah, it's just he's such a character, and we could spend a whole hour talking about that. We did when 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 he died. died, We we did a whole hour talking. But it's it's just like um. Ramita's we always, I always say there's like a, there's like a Mount Rushmore of comic book artists for Marvel particularly is what I'm talking about is the guys that built Marvel Comics. John Ramita Jr. is on that mountain, yes. and it's like and he might be one of the last guys that is still alive. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I like mean Buscema's gone, Kirby's yep. gone, Ramita's gone, Ditko's gone. I mean Stan is gone. That's what I'm saying. Who else? Gene would Colin you... is gone. Roy Gil Thomas Kane is gone. Is Roy Thomas still alive? I don't know. I think Roy Thomas might still be, but Roy Thomas is really the next generation. Roy but, Thomas... Roy, but Roy Thomas was in the mix when all this was going on. You know what I mean? It's like mm. I understand he's even the... Neil Adams is gone, and Neil Adams was like that's what the I'm end saying. The, the Silver Age. But it's like there's a there's a small group of guys that built the Marvel universe. The artists, particularly Stanley, you got to count him because. You Stanley's just, like the one writer that built Yeah, Marvel that movie. mattered. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's like you put Stanley, Jack Kirby, John Bishema, John Romita, Steve Ditko, that's it. You know, that's what you need to get Marvel off the ground and you know, a handful of inkers, you know? Yeah. And that's the Marvel universe right there. This guy created. <laughs> and yeah. it's and it's people be like, oh, well, Ditko created Spider-Man and Stanley created Spider-Man. That is all very true. But yeah, it, John Romita Jr. the um the animated Spider Verse movie talked about this. There's moments in the Spider Verse they called like continuity moments or something like mm-hmm. this, where yeah. it was all the big moments in Spider Man you're thinking of. His girlfriend getting and now that you've been across the Spider Verse, we sh- you and I should probably do the Spider Verse episode. Oh, if we haven't even talked about it yet, this is also no, probably going to be it is no. going to be that episode too, just because you cannot talk about all this. There's without, a lot of Spider Man today. There's a lot of Spider Man. But in that movie, they make a mention of continuity moments. These are moments that are important in the mythos of Spider-Man or mythos or whatever the word is. English is hard for me. Um, the All the stuff in that, uh, Gwen Stacy getting thrown off the bridge, Spider-Man lifting the giant rubble off his back when he's drowning in the water. Well, that is Ditko, actually. That's Ditko. That's oh, that Ditko, is Ditko? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that's that was the end. That's what, the I, what I'm Dr. saying Octopus is... Master Planner's- um ramita laid a lot of very important groundwork in the spider-man mythology that you you can't have without ramita meaning it's like so stanley and steve ditko created spider-man 
John Romita Jr. or John Romita Sr. kind of also co-created Spider-Man because half the fucking rogues gallery. I would say John Romita perfected Spider-Man. Yes, that's probably a better way of putting it. Leave it to the fucking writer to clean up the fucking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this mess I've been trying to say for 15 minutes. But yeah, I agree with that because it's like he came along and put a spin on that character. If you read the Ditko issues of Spider-Man, and then you read the same, it's like, what, 30 issues of Ditko, 29 yeah, 30, issues? 39-ish. 38 issues. issues. Romita begins on 39. Romita's first issue is revealing Green Goblin as Norman Osborn. Right. So it's so, like, immediately his first issue is iconic. Yes, and it's and he hits the ground running for the next, like, 70 issues. But if you read the first 38 issues of Ditko's run on Spider-Man, and then you read the next 38 issues of Spider-Man, drawn by John Romita Sr., those are two different characters. Those are two different yeah. books. And it makes it actually makes story sense, right? Because he graduates high school and goes to college and becomes a bigger, better version of himself. He gets a motorcycle. He starts dating hot girls and running around and stuff. Where in high school, he's running around, walking around with his hands in his pockets and he's mad at everybody and he's a jerk. You know, that's how I was in high school. I was the a only jerk. person he talks to in school is his bully. Yeah, like yeah, every every Ditko issue, he goes to school and Flash Thompson yells at him, and he yells back, and then he leaves school. Yeah, he so didn't but I have any friends. So what I'm saying is, it's like a very different character, but it narratively makes sense as the same character because it's two different kind of takes on a kid trying to figure out who he is. Yeah, and I always thought of it as, um, not only is is a kid grow, becoming who he is, but he's becoming more confident because he's becoming comfortable being Spider Man. Yeah. You know, he's having all these adventures and he's got, he knows how many people he's beaten. He's knows how many times he's saved the city. So he has this inner confidence and the book does become more fun. When I, when I decided to start collecting amazing Spider-Man back issues, I used to say, uh, well, I'll never be able to afford an amazing Spider-Man one. And even if I could afford it, I don't want to spend that kind of money. But I always said, I'm going to stop with Ramita because Ramita was more important to me than Ditko. Yeah. You know, as the years gone on, I, I do I, I have a handful of Ditko's, um, but not I don't have the bulk of his run, but I have every Ramita issue, and that was a big, big deal for me because that you're right, that is the Spider-Man that uh, we remember. And yeah. you know, we can talk about as we said, you know, um he's he begins in the mid-sixties and McFarlane comes in in the late eighties, and there are a lot of great Spider-Man artists in between. Guys like Ross Andrew, Gil Kane, Ron Friends, um, you know, um, Ross Andrew is actually lot. really underrated. Sal Buscema did a lot. Yeah, the, um, I love the Ron Friends run. That's uh, that's when I started reading it. That's the whole black costume era. I mean, John Romita, John Romita Jr., his fucking kid is John phenomenal. Romita Jr. did the whole his, run. Yeah, his kid you know might what? be They're... the greatest Spider-Man artist of all time. <laughs> but every one of those guys was drawing John Romita's yes. yes. Spider-Man. They were not drawing Ditko Spider-Man. They were not doing their own Spider-Man. No, who is? No one is drawing Ditko McFarlane. Spider-Man. McFarlane was the first guy that was like, this is my Spider-Man, but then everybody did him. Like, even Eric Larson, who started Image with him, did his Spider-Man. But I'll give McFarlane... Mark Bagley did his Spider-Man. I'll give McFarlane credit for doing his own Spider-Man, but everyone before that tried to do Ramita Spider-Man. Yes. Nobody tries to do Ditko Spider-Man. Am I yes. correct about that? Who's ever tried to do a Ditko Spider-Man? You can see, you can see a little Ditko in in friends like the kid who collected spider-man has got some creepy crawly yeah. climbing angles. yeah i feel like uh, uh i feel like when friends drew the red and blue suit 
which is not a, a huge amount of his run because he did the original black costume. The red and blue suit, I felt like he was trying to do Ditko, yeah. but the black suit was very Romita, even, even the way the eyes were drawn. Yeah, well, especially the, the sporting cast, like everybody drew, you know, everyone drew Romita's Aunt May. Everyone drew Romita's J. Jonah Jameson. Everyone yeah. drew Romita's Mary, Mary Jane. He created Mary Jane. Yeah, you know, I mean, and he created the most iconic superhero girlfriend. I yes. mean, maybe Lois Lane. You know what I mean? Just because she's the archetype. But like, I, I mean, you know, what's Lois Lane's catchphrase? Help Superman. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's Mary Jane's? Hey Tiger, you hit the jackpot. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it is. There's just it's worlds of differences, and that's after. Gwen Stacy and I know uh, what's his name. Ditko created Gwen Stacy. Yeah, I understand it, but Gwen Stacy under Ditko does not look like Gwen Stacy under Ramita. That's a different girl. You know what I mean? Well, I always felt like uh, you know, obviously Ramita was doing the soup, the soap opera comics, so he knew how to do yes. really attractive uh, guys and girls because Peter becomes more a uh, better looking. Guy. Yeah, he yeah. So well, he ditches the glasses and stuff. And but again, I, like growing up and learning about, mm-hmm. hey, I want to look cool. I want to ride a motorcycle. I'm not going to wear glasses anymore. Like. That kind of stuff. It's like it worked for the character. At the time. I don't want to sidetrack, but if you're Spider-Man, why do you need a motorcycle? Because motorcycles are awesome. <laughs> Unless Mego made the spider cycle, which was the car in the 70s. If they made a Peter Parker that came with a motorcycle. Oh, I buy it. Just yeah, so absolutely you fucking buy that Marvel Legend. Yeah, but you know what? If I if you give me Peter Spider-Man with a phone book he can read out of, I'm buying it. <laughs> you buy that too. <laughs> I'm a pretty easy sell for That's Spider-Man. That's true, yeah. You are a mark. But yeah, the and not only did uh Ramita, but uh Ramita's soap opera-ness, I always thought there was a Betty Veronica thing going on with Mary Jane Gwen. And I yeah. feel like they kept both of them in the mix for that because, you know, Archie was a perennial. Archie was as popular then as it was in any other time. And well, I think, but that's something that Ditko never would have brought in. Yeah. And it, well, it shows you too. It's like the, when I was saying the, the, the issues have a different vibe from Ditko to Ramita because the artists at the time are doing so much of the heavy lifting in terms of the writing. So Romito, he might not have had such a free reign early because he's still a kid. But when he gets going and he's two, three, four, five years in a Spider-Man, he's co-plotting and writing most of that shit. Yeah. So it's, And he's adding to the Pantheon. I mean, that's what you, I'm look saying. At, you look at the rogues gallery. And Th- that's probably actually the biggest example of it, right? Is the amount of just villains the fucking guy introduced. Yeah, most of them, a lot they're of They're all ones, animal themed. Except the Kingpin. He, create, he did create the Kingpin, but yeah, the Rhino is his, the Shocker is his, the Prowler is his. Yeah. And uh, Beyond Spider-Man, Wolverine is his, the Punisher that's is true. his. That's true. Yeah. yeah he, was, he was the Archer. He did the redesign Marvel. on Black Widow. Yes. Yeah, Black to make Widow her look like not, the Avengers. Yeah, the the Black Widow you're picturing in your head is not the Black Widow from the fucking Silver Age. Yeah, and you know, month month in. Month oh, he out. did Morbius, right? Or no, that's uh, Gil Kane. That's Gil Kane. But you know what? The thing about Spider Man is it goes on through the seventies when Ramita's not drawing him. A lot of times he's still there. Ramita does a lot of the covers in the seventies. Yeah, it's because that's the thing when you're doing the covers and then you're on the book for as long as he's on the book everything you're doing is getting grabbed for all the promotion artwork too. Like he, his panel, the Spider-Man swinging towards the viewer yeah. was in the fucking Spider-Verse movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, uh, that kind of stuff is what's awesome is that it's, there's a lot of people that left a big thumbprint on the character of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. John media 
probably left one of the biggest, if not the biggest, just because this guy was in the right place at the right time. You but know? also made the most of it. I mean, it's, it's one thing to get the opportunity. Oh, yeah. It's another thing to make. It's another thing to, to improve on what was done before. It was just. Yeah. He was so, and he was so good at following Ditko that Stan tried to get him to follow Kirby on Fantastic Four. And he did three issues. He was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so they got John Bashema. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, Rene- I think it's, yeah, I will give, yeah, the guy should deserve all the credit in the world. It's like, um, uh, yeah. I mean, he is like one of the last big Titans, you know yeah, I mean? But, I don't know who's bigger right. than this guy. And you know what? Like we could talk about Spider-Man for the whole hour, but I really, really love his Captain America issues. Yes. I see. I, that's the thing. I always, uh, I focus so much on the stuff that people are known for. Right. Mm-hmm. So we spend so much time. We talk about Jack Kirby's fantastic Four. Jack Kirby's fantastic Four. No one's going to dispute. That's his best work, but Jack Kirby drawing trolls in goblins and shit in Thor is fucking awesome. And it's the same thing with Ramita drawing Nazis and guns and all this crap Mm -hmm. in Captain America and machinery, big robots and stuff like this. He's not drawing that crap in Spider-Man, you know? So it's nice to see that. I wish Marvel would do more of these collected editions. They do an omnibus every once in a while and it collects an artist that um, their work is very spread out. So like they did one for John Byrne is a good example. They did. Yeah, it's the like Marvel the Marvel Universe. art of or Marvel universe of John Byrne. And it collects a bunch of just one-off issues. He did fill in issues here and there. That you'll never read. Ramita should have a book like that. And Kirby should have a, a lot of these guys should have books like that. Yeah, that Ramita, I remember, ha- shit. I remember Ramita had a best of book in the, like the oversized. Those were great collection. when they did them, but they don't yeah. do those anymore. They, they don't do those anymore, them, but I had those. I bought that and the, they had a few, I had you know, four or five of them. Yeah. And but you know what? But what they did do is they did two volumes of uh, his IDW artist edition, which yes. I'm... Well, I mean that kind of stuff we could talk about is the. This is kind of the thing that's. It it's frustrating because it's like the capitalism, and we can get into all this horribleness <laughs> of everything. But it's like this is a kind of a golden age for comic book art specifically. It's like we we used to drool over this stuff at conventions and now we have basically it's at our fingertips yeah yeah you know, you know actual and um we've talked about it many times but actual size you know digital scans that look they don't look like the comic book they look like the board that they drew on and we've gotten it for jack kirby and we've gotten yeah. it for gil kane and we've gotten it for walt simonson and john byrne but the the ramita spider-man one is really beautiful and uh one of the things one of the things that I didn't really notice until I was looking at the artist edition, you think, as we said, coming from the soap opera comics, he, that he has this like really clean style. Everybody looks really good, but he drew a very gritty New York. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of grime and a lot of like, like scratches. And it's, it's not as, as pretty as, as you think. Yeah. It's something where it's like, there's a lot of like cleanup, inkers do and you see a lot of it in here but um yeah it's always like i always take for granted the now like a lot of like when i was really deeply deeply focused on comic books a lot of artists were drawing new york and they were drawing new york and they were drawing a literal new york right Mm -hmm. they were using photos and references and you know brian hitch did this constantly right was like oh they're at this 
intersection here and such and such. You could literally walk around and show where he was drawing the ultimates from. When Ramita and uh, Kirby and all these guys were drawing New York, it was like a made up fantasy New York. Yeah, it but it was like, it would still have touches. One of my yes, favorite, it had, one of my it, favorite Captain America pages Ramita ever drew was the L on 125th street. And I didn't see that till I was an adult. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, I, I got off the train here one day. And it was this L that was like extraordinarily high. It was like three times the height of like the L in Chicago. Yeah. I don't know why, but for yeah. some reason that some train reason was it's way up there, <laughs> but he drew every girder and every rivet. And you're like, you know, he went. Yes. And that kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a mix. It's not. Yeah. Just it is a mix. All it's, reference. There's. It's when it works. Yeah. And this it's um it's tricky because this all this kind of stuff it's like they the, the, it was it was all of, of its time you know you can't really make comics like that anymore these guys like this don't exist anymore yeah they don't um, they this, don't try this, to make comics like that no anymore. they don't you'd be crazy too um but it's like the they generated a very specific style and ramita is very much a part of this that doesn't it set the tone for comic books for the rest of time but mm. it's like um it, i don't know there's just it's something so charming about guys like this and it's we don't have anymore and it's no, sad well, well it was also back when marvel had a house style is you know when i was a kid growing up the house style wasn't kirby because kirby kirby was so weird and they no had, one else couldn't do it yeah no and after kirby had gone it kind of softened a bit to me the house style was always like a bit of john bashema and a lot of john ramita yeah and i grew up watching spider-man and his amazing friends every single character in that cartoon is a ramita design yeah like he did a lot of the design work but it's like if you want to see a ramita comic come to life yeah they, they did it that already, series you know? yeah and growing up you know it's it's funny because people talk about oh and in animated series you can't exactly do comics it doesn't really work you know bruce tim had to simplify it to make batman the animated series work but uh spider-man is amazing friends is a ramita comic yeah well yeah i mean that's uh, that's the one of the closest I've ever kind of seen them where it's, it's simplified still, but yeah, it's all the mechanics are there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and just kept working, kept working. One of the things I loved about it is something important happened to Spider-Man. Ramita would come back for it. So the, you know, John Ramita Jr. Creates the Hobgoblin in his run, but Ramita inks that issue. Yeah. And the, uh, the cover, that famous cover of 238 is father and son working together yeah well that's like kind of like another layer of it where you know we could talk about the impact on the industry and the comics and art and all this stuff and i mean this guy's like a titan that did all these things this is all true but it's also it's like this lovely legacy family story of this guy gets in gets his kid in you know what i mean it's like yeah. he's the spider-man guy then his kid becomes a spider-man guy like it's such a charming cute little story it's like um this is the kind of stuff I didn't care about as a kid, but care about now as an adult. As, as a kid, I just care about the comics and the stories and colorful costumes and Carnage and Havoc and all the explosions and everything. Just those two characters, just Carnage and Havoc. Specifically those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My absolute favorite character, Carnage, as people famously know. Yes, and is it, isn't that a great limited series, Carnage and Havoc? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> None of Tim Sale didn't either. Probably a Tim Sale, oh, yeah, very limited backgrounds, you know uh but it's it's that idea of like now i'm interested in kind of like behind the scenes and stuff like that and part of the behind the scenes and a lot of that untold like that marvel book we both read that was like the 
Untold Tales of the Marvel. Oh, show now. Marvel Comics whatever. Untold Story, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. A lot of the back behind-the-scenes stuff is so good to hear about. And a lot of that is because the Ramitas were always such fondly talked about people. And that idea of, like, father and son both having major touchstones on a character that... Um, you, that'll never happen again. You know what I mean? Who else is going to follow no, their well, dad on and have that kind of impact, you know? Well, and as I was saying, like Ramita senior would always come back and come back and come back to that character. But, uh, Jaramita jr. Is on his third Spider-Man run in yeah. 40 years. You know, That's his crazy. first run is in the eighties with Roger Stern. His second run is in the two thousand with J. Michael Straczynski. And he came back for this current run with Zeb. Wells. Yeah, but he did stuff with, in the 90s i mean he because he did a lot of the clone stuff he did ben riley shit he did he? yeah yeah you're right he he came back well the story behind that too was he was doing x-men remember he had followed jim lee on on he followed wills portacio on uncanny x-men and he took a couple of months off to do the batman punisher crossover which is a really nicely drawn book, by the way. I mean, it's John Romita drawing Batman is wild. Yeah, John Romita like, drawing any Romita drawing any DC character is wild. His DC run was weird. It was just well, weird. I mean, nothing shocking, really stuck, but it was all fun yeah, to look shocking. At. DC has no idea how to use a major Marvel talent over there. That's kind of DC's thing is dropping yes. the ball with fucking Marvel art talent. Hey, you know what? The fourth world didn't sell either. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. That's a tradition over DC. Grab yeah. a great Marvel artist and then fucking completely don't let him do anything at all. Well, what had happened was um, Bob Harris got a fill-in artist on Uncanny for the issues he was doing Batman Punisher, but that artist was Joe Matarira. So Ramita comes back and is like, we're yeah. not kicking Matarira off the book. And this is the kind of stuff that bothers me so much is Matarira's art is trash. Uh, there's there's a generation of people that adore that, yeah, yeah, absolutely, And they're and all the, wrong. I will, and I will say, at the time, I was like a college student. His his stuff was really exciting. He was kind of that first wave of anime influence Ugh. guys. But Ramita basically said, "Fine." Walked down the hall back to the Spider Man offices. Said, "What do you got?" Yeah. And like jumped in the mid nineties, jumped over to Spider Man, and did a lot of those. A lot of those issues are not well written. I'm not a big fan of Howard Mackey's writing, but he did a lot of that. You know, the post Clone Saga stuff. That's, yeah. There's a whole McFarlane Spider-Man run. Ramita basically closes that out. But you know his 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 dad is always there. His dad was dad did a lot of the licensing stuff in the same way that you were saying in the beginning. You know, you close your eyes, you picture comic Spider-Man. That's John Ramita Spider-Man. In the same way that like if I think of the DC universe, I think of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Yes. Because he did that, the, the style guy, the art style, the guides, everything, every fucking which they still use. Tumblr. I mean, the the amount of money they made off that man's, <laughs> they yeah. he will never get that back. No. Oh, but uh, I will say, I uh, that book. Remember that book that they were trying to get made of his stuff. They were of gonna, the style guide. It was. Did the that style happen? Did they get? They release that? No, but uh, DC finally released the uh, complete Jose Luis Garcia Lopez Batman volume. Oh, did they? It's gorgeous, and it goes yeah. all the way up to um, like the Batman '66 Two Face special. Oh wow! That they did about five years ago. It's it's just just lovely. Uh, but that's but Ramita did the same thing for Marvel. All of yeah. the all of the Marvel shots that were used on all of the merchandise and back. You know when I especially when I, I was growing up in the '70s, there wasn't that much of it because Marvel wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, you know uh, they would put it on T-shirts and posters and bed sheets but marvel wasn't popular enough to use another shot of the hulk right 
So it was just it was just John Ramita Sr.'s artwork. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I it's uh oh it's one of those things where it's like the the that's terrible because it's um you know, you don't want pain on anybody and the family and feel so terrible and stuff. But what's nice about it is I haven't read um a John Ramita comic book in like a year or more probably. Yeah. And what's nice is uh, a friend was saying, hey, like anytime a actor I really like dies or author or somebody, I always go and I read something or do something that they uh, worked on. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what I did was I went and I grabbed old Spider-Man comic books and just started reading just random Spider-Man comics because you could just grab them from whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's nice to have that and be like, oh, yeah, it's like revisiting it and looking through those artist edition books and being and re- reminding yourself why you love this stuff in the first place, you know? Yeah, I, that's why I have the omnibuses because, you know, my my comic book collection is entirely Spider-Man now. I sold off everything else. Yeah. And I have, as I said, I have every Ramita issue. Um, You know, even the big ones that cost me, you know, Death of Gwen Stacy, 100. Uh, I have uh the whole run. But when I want to look at his work, I pull up the omnibus. The omnibus is just on a shelf in my living room. Right. And, you know, I will just – and that's what the omnibuses are for for me. I, um, this might be my greatest thing in the world, but this week uh, – I know we keep flipping between uh, senior and junior, but Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 5 came out. Oh, yeah. And the important thing about that is that is the only whole – there is in X-Men omnibuses between 1963 and 1996. Yeah. So that volume just plugs it right up because it leads right into the Mutant Massacre omnibus. And all that stuff is, you know, that uh, I was 13 when those books came out. And I haven't yeah. read a lot of those in a long, long time. But it's all the John Romita Jr., Al Green st- stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dan Green. Al Green. <laughs> Al Green couldn't draw. <laughs> um, I was thinking of Al Williamson and Dan Green. And then, of course, I was thinking of Let's Stay Together. But uh, but uh, that's why I have the omnibuses. I realize I haven't read an omnibus in a long time. Really? I get them, I open them, and I flip through them, and I put them back, yeah, and see, I take them out and flip through them. We do very different things, so I get them. I, I used to read them cover to cover, but... I try to, and I, I'm so far backed up, it's ridiculous. I don't even open them. I leave them sealed in plastic just in case I need an emergency cash infusion and need to sell They them. are worth more than the shrink wrap. That's why I shrink wrap them. I open them when I read them and then yeah. try to work through them, but I'm so backed up on shit. Well, I haven't bought a lot. I, I bought a lot less, but the last one I got, I got like Wolverine Volume Three, and oh. uh, yeah, it's very, it gets very, it's very nineties. You know, so Spider Man of... is on its fifth volume. Fantastic Four is on its fourth volume. Yeah, X Men just came out with its fifth volume. Avengers right. is solicited its fifth volume. The yeah. fifth volume of most of these books is getting us up to like the eighties. A lot of them, yeah. A lot. I'm. I want to see. I would really like a mid '80s Amazing Spider-Man volume that the Ron Friends Tom DeFalco stuff, like that one that follows Roger Stern. That would be, that would take us into the mid '80s. But they're, but you know, they're not all there because the thing is, once you get more modern, they're all theme based. Yeah, then then though they splinter. You well, know? because yeah, there's a Todd McFarlane Spider-Man omnibus. There's four. There's uh, I think five Peter David Hulk omnibuses. There are five of them, yes. Yeah. And there's a Maestro omnibus coming out, so that's mm. six because it's going to collect everything he's done 
I think everything that has been done with the maestro, not just Peter David's maestro stuff. Wow. It's a lot. I haven't even read any of it, and I bought every one of those sight unseen because of the reputation of it. I bought, I remember about 20 years ago, somebody had the complete Peter David run on eBay for 150 bucks. Yeah. Like the whole 12 years. So I just bought it and it showed up the day I had laser eye surgery. Jesus. <laughs> so I was like, just squinting at him. I was like, well, I got him. I but get I, it. But I, I read them all then. So I was like, I thought about the omnibus, but I was like, uh, deep down, I'm not a big enough Hulk fan. Yeah, I'm I not probably either. won't read them again. I like They're the Hulk. Good. Yeah, I like having I keep thinking well, this is what I'm gonna do when like the internet goes away or something. You know what I mean? It's like this is like my nonsense theories, you know, thinking we're gonna run out of the internet. Well, that's the problem I have. The, the problem I have is because we have the internet, I have Marvel Unlimited, and I'm like there are days, I mean I'm 51 years old now, and I, I work a lot. So I'm tired. There are days I'm like, hey, I want to read this omnibus. And I go upstairs and I go up on my iPad and I'm like, Wolverine number 49. Yeah, it's just literally it's just, on your iPad. It's lighter. Yeah. <laughs> the iPad's not as heavy. Yeah, the omnibuses, they're uh, they're heft. They got a lot of heft to them. They're not the easiest things to read, but no, but they're um, they're gorgeous. They are. And I what and, I, uh, well, I, I miss mean, comics. Like I read a lot of comics digitally too. And yeah. I just miss reading single issue comics i don't know the last time i held and read a single issue comic book and i I didn't think i'd miss that but i do no i have a subscription to amazing spider-man and i added dan slot's spider-man title those are the only monthlies i read they they show up at the house and i read them and i bag and board them and i put them with the other boxes because i don't want a hole in my collection but yeah nothing else and when i go to a comic book store I mean, you know, uh, I feel like every conversation we have inevitably goes to omnibuses and how few comics we're reading. I like to walk around comic book stores. I usually leave empty-handed. Yeah, I don't buy things, not for lack of wanting, but it's like there's very few things I want anymore. Like, I I don't know. It's like I kind of knew I was going to get to this point eventually. As like, Even as a kid, I remember thinking like, well, at some point you're going to kind of run out of stuff. You can't keep up with everything. They're going to put out too much stuff. It's, you know, so it's yeah. like at this point, it's like, uh, I kind of know what I like. I like poking around to see what's coming out that I miss. This is the big thing I think I miss from a store is I used to look at everything coming in because I had to. I had to check it in. I had to look at it. And I knew right. all, I knew everything that came out. And I, so I didn't miss anything. Or if I did, I maybe missed 1% of the stuff that came in. Now I see nothing. So I miss everything. If it's right. not put out by Marvel, because I can't figure out what DC is doing anymore. I'm like such an old man with comics. So I'm like, ah, I just can only read the four five issues of the books I like, you know? Well, I was just having this conversation with Joe Franzum, who I love to say refuses to come on the show. I know. And if he uh, ever does, I don't know if I'll be delighted or that's upset. That's the final episode. Yeah, it might <laughs> have to be. Maybe that's yeah. his whole project. It just ends <laughs> once you get fucking Joe on tape. But we were talking about uh, the new set of X-Men Marvel Legends, which I just got from Mr. Wayne's today. And it's like, they're all, um, they're all designs from the seventies to the nineties. It's like, there's, there's Corsair and Chode and there's Chamber and Monet St. Croix and there's uh, Astonishing X-Men Emma Frost. And I, I was saying like, that's what I like because, you know, uh, even when I read Amazing Spider-Man, when they introduce a new character, like a kindred, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. You know, yeah, just I, I'm getting to the point where it's mostly nostalgia and I'm still okay with that. 
Yeah, I don't. I like both things. I don't. I like the older comics and more established villains. Like, I have very little interest in new villains getting introduced or new heroes getting introduced. But that being said, uh, that's not that that rule can't be broken. You know what I mean? Or it's like they introduce a lot of spinoff characters, and typically I dislike spinoff characters, but sometimes they knock it out of the park. I thought female Thor was a great idea. I think Spider Gwen is a cool visual but a dumb idea you know well that, and i think she works better in the spider-verse movies than she does in her own book yeah i tried the comic it's a great idea for an alternate version of a character right is right. a her dad's the cop her boyfriend peter parker dies you know what i mean it's like it plays with all the same and correct things yeah. it's just that comic has never been particularly well drawn or well written and you're correct that they did it in the movie better. So I don't know. It, we don't need it, but whoever wants it can have it. You know what I mean? I don't. It doesn't right. I mean, I personally, and you know, I'm showing my age. I personally don't need Miles. I I like him, but I uh, I always worry when there's too many versions of the hero. Like, how does it get diluted? And let's be honest. Every creative team that comes on any book creates new characters to get something that sticks. And everybody throws stuff at the wall. And like. Now and then something really something sticks to the point where they get their own book, you know, like the Punisher shows up in one issue. The the Wolverine shows up in the Hulk, both from John Romita characters. I'm not going that far off topic. Right, right. Hey, yeah, I appreciate your your yeah. toe in the line. Yeah, but like for every for let's put it this way to talk about John Romita. For every Punisher, there's 10 prowlers. Yeah, it's you know, this is the Will of the Wisp comes to mind. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know if that's a Ramita guy, but he stinks of Ramita. So you know what I mean? It's like I've only not... seen Ramita Jr. draw him. I've never seen anybody else draw. They're him. they're not all winners, you know what I mean? So yeah. and there's nothing wrong with creating new characters and adding to the mythology and stuff. I just think it's um the time of building the mythology had passed. You know what I mean? It's like the It's established, yeah. Well, it's not only it's established, it's just like they created the tropes. The supervillain uh, being your best friend's dad, the trope, mm -hmm. fucking Ramita did that. You know what right. I mean? He invented it. You know, so it's just kind of like uh, so much stuff got happened and mixed in when it originally happened that we can't really get it again. It's just nice that we, that's the, what I like about the industry is that as for all the complaints I have about comic books, this stuff is still reprinted. It's all available in many formats, yes. any format you want. It's not like when you were a kid and you couldn't get this stuff. You had to dig through back issues. Yes, or like when I was a kid and, you know, we didn't have the internet yet and there were collected editions, but not everything was in print or stuff was way, way, way out of print. Mm -hmm. You know, between pirate piracy and the legal shit that they print, you can find everything. And that's... Um, yeah. It's Which is nice. nice, and then so these guys never die. I and and all of these guys, they, the people like John Romita, really up until up until the uh, direct market rears its head. These were periodicals, you know. Nobody nobody thought, hey, this, I I got to meet my deadline for this month, and it's got to be good because forty years from now people are going to be reading it. Right. You know, they didn't think people would be reading it next month. Yeah, and I mean, they didn't think that we they'd be reread. Yeah. They didn't think that they were... I mean, th these were guys that were embarrassed to be doing this. They'd go to parties, and people ask them, what do you do for a living? They'd say, uh... Because they don't want to tell you they work on comic books because they got bad reputation and stuff. And yeah, Stan Lee used to say he wrote children's books. Yeah, because he it wasn't was embarrassed It wasn't really a lie. Yeah. And it's... Um, 
Yeah, it's just a shame. You know what I mean? Ramita's at least got to see the success. He yes. got to see them make a, nine different Spider-Man movies and then make billions of dollars. Hopefully he got a check of that. And hopefully this guy never wanted for anything. Jack Kirby wasn't so lucky. You know, not all these guys got to make all the money and see all their characters be on screen and be movie stars. So um, it's great. I think it's great that he got to see it. And I think it's good that the industry at least reprints this man's work so that it can be enjoyed by that. It's still accessible. You know what I mean? It's still yeah. out there. Yeah. And, and I, I started this by saying uh, not only, not only was he a great artist, but he had that humble kind of work a day um, attitude. It's like what I, what I call like the Brian Cranston work ethic, you know, like Brian Cranston became the most celebrated actor after breaking bad. And he still thinks he's, the guy that was on Malcolm in the middle. He's just like, ah, I'll do this job. I'll do this job. Yeah. And uh, both Ramita's had that sensibility. And I started saying, um, saying that John Ramita Jr. in 2002 so, d- uh, was drawing for the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest continuous drawing. And he was doing the Straczynski. This is how he got off track. We started talking about Straczynski's run on Spider-Man <laughs> and, and fetishizing Gwen Stacy. So, but he would draw the same Spider-Man head over and over and over again, and he would beat the Guinness Book of World Records, and he did it in Times Square because there was a place that would stay open for 24 hours. So, uh, whenever you went, there were people would come and help him out. So Scott Hanna was inking at at that time, and people would say, "Hey, you know, you want to donate more money, and I'll ink this Spider-Man for you." And people would be like, "Great." When I got there, John Romita Senior was there, so Senior and Junior was there. So John Romita Junior. And I met John Romita Jr. once before, not that he would would remember, but like like uh, we were at the same booth at a convention. Yeah. Um, he was always very kind, very nice. And then, uh, so he's drawing he's drawing Spider Man, and I'm really excited. And I look over, and John Romita Jr. goes, "What do you want me to draw?" <laughs> and ah, uh, there are several moments when I have met celebrities and just get tongue tied. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I met Janine Garofalo in a comedy club, and but buttoned right up i was talking to dana gould after he was on the podcast and bobcat goldthwaite was in my face <laughs> and uh didn't didn't process that well and i was not able to process john romita senior and i was like i don't know and he's like hey you want me to draw one of those half spider-man peter parker things with the sense and i was like yes that and i still have that in fact yeah, it's awesome. in my basement in my uh in my new place i have I have all of my comics in short boxes going up the wall, all of my Spider-Man comics. And there's um, a column next to it. And I've hung both drawings there. And those drawings have the name of my ex-wife on them. <laughs> and I'm not oh, yeah. getting rid of them. <laughs> they say, yeah, they say to John and Renee because we were there together. That's great. We were just dating at the time. But yeah, uh, but I always, I always think of that. And one of the things I did when I heard about John Romita, I went down, I took out that short box. And I just looked at every single cover. I didn't take all the books out. Yeah. And later I took the Anubis out, but I just watched the progression of all of his covers. And every now and then I look up and there was his drawing that he made for me. Yeah, that's cool. And it was, uh, you know, there's not that many artists you can say that about. Yeah, I I just, I, I think it's because it's like, even the 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 industry isn't the same where you can have the same kind of impact on a character. Like I yeah. think it was then, you know, it's like, um, I don't associate John Cassidy with any 
character anymore. You know, I did it with Captain America because he did a big Captain America run, and then that was it. And then he did a bunch of other stuff. They, yeah, they, I always they, think of his astonishing X Men, but I don't think of the X Men as his characters. Right, but There's I too but many it's, people on that book. Correct, and it's like, but if you pick, like I was saying earlier, it's like when you picture Spider Man in your head, that's I picture our Armita Spider Man, and it's like mm-hmm. that's the amount of people that have worked on that book and that character and tried to leave an impact since then. And the fact that he is still the visual I picture in my head when I imagine the character and I was not around for him working on that. And we weren't working. He wasn't working on it when I was paying attention to it. You know what I mean? It just speaks to the impact this man had on pop culture and no one knows him. You know what I mean? Comic book fans know him, you know, but this wasn't in the news, you know, and this wasn't, you know? No, no, it was in Variety, actually. The Variety in the Hollywood Did they? Reporter okay. Yeah, which they would not have done 10 years ago. That's all because of the movies. Yeah, for sure. But the other thing he did, I think more, more people would have recognized him in the day, was when he finished the comic book, he and Stan did the newspaper strip. Yeah. And as I was saying earlier, newspaper strips were a bigger deal than comic books back then. But he drew – he and Stan did the newspaper strip as longer than they did the comic. And you it's can find crazy. those in hardcover. Yeah, I used to read them because I don't know if it was the Sun-Times uh, or the Tribune. One of the Chicago newspapers put them out. And I remember cutting out the Spider-Man newspapers every week. And I'd p- tape them on, like, my backboard on my desk in my bedroom so I could read them all, you know what I mean, wow. consecutively or whatever. And I don't remember – I didn't remember know at the time the guy that was working on that was the guy – I thought it was a guy aping Ramita. You know what I mean? Because I was a kid. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. That was Eventually it was. I know Alex Saviak, who was drawing Web of Spider-Man, finished the series. Did he? Yeah, see, that's cool. So, But Ramita drew it for the first 10 years. That's wild. Yeah, so it's crazy. Yeah. I don't even know. It's fun. They're fun. They're fun strips to read. But Yeah, because they're very, like, they're just kind of like, they're, they're, spy, they're very simple Spider-Man stories. Because they have well, to be, the, like, four panels or yeah. three panels or whatever. And then the first panel has to recap yesterday's. And then well, that's the last what I love about it. Yeah. set up tomorrow. Yeah, that is so, a then, so that's what I love about because when you read it through, it's nonsense. It's always two steps forward, one step back. Yes, which is and it's part like, of you're not supposed to read it like that, right? But that's part of no, the charm you of it. You were supposed to read it the next day and remind you because you read the whole newspaper, right? And you're like, after the weather, you read yeah. Spider Man. But it's so much fun because it's like you'll read one and like Doctor Doom comes in the door and the way like, it's Doctor Doom, and the next day it's like. It's still Doctor Doom, right? <laughs> yeah, They're it's great. it's almost like like that you have short term memory damage. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. It's like that's a, it's it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I do remember the Sundays really well because, um, like every other strip, Sundays were in color. Yeah, there was this drawing Ramita did, and the thing about newspaper strips, and they don't really exist anymore, but uh, so a lot of people don't know is that depending on the newspaper the big strips would either get three columns or two columns. Oh. And that if you got three columns, you would do a big title and then you would do a um, first panel. And, but the problem is if that paper didn't run it, this, it still had to make sense. So oh, um, it all had to be extra auxiliary stuff that could be yes, taken well, away and the story still had to make sense. Yeah. So there was a lot of like the first panels that were like, Hey, Peter Parker. And then it would actually start. Or a lot of the humor strips would try to squeeze in an extra joke, like things like Doonesbury and Bloom County. But I remember so clearly when I was a kid, there was this one drawing of Spider-Man, like lifting a truck and it's like, he's flexing his chest. And it was this Ramita drawing. And I saw it, Every week for 17 years. 
Yeah. You know, and there's no way you get that out of here. It's like the logo, you know, yeah. the, the swinging logo they had in the 70s. You know, they've done a lot of logos since. Yeah. But that that logo just burns into your brain. Yeah, I always liked the corner box art. Mm-hmm. If I ever had editor powers at Marvel, I'd bring the corner box art back. Oh, like I love little, those. Those were so cool. And a lot of guys on Instagram will do homages to those where they'll yeah. draw like a bunch of characters in corner box. And those were style. For, those were for spinner racks that, because a lot of newsstands didn't put, didn't order enough of a book to fill up a whole rack with one book. So you would flip through it and if you couldn't that's read cool. the title, you could you'd just be see, like, oh, this is oh, that one has a Hulk. X-Men. That's my Hulk. That's cool. I, I always love the team books where it was just heads. heads. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that they did them. Or they'd, um, Avengers would do this a lot. You'd open up the first issue and, you know, it's a splash page because it was typically a splash page. And mm-hmm. then on uh, they'd have the heads of all the Avengers going across like this or straight down the side or whatever. I remember uh, Justice League doing who, that Yeah, Justice League would do it a yeah. lot. Or at any time they did like teams versus teams, it'd be the heads of all the teams on both sides like this, like yeah. Justice Society and Justice League. Uh, yeah, they, those were so sweet. But the Spider-Man, was he was always running at you and one hand was down at his knees. Yeah. You know, With like this. Yes, yeah, and, and they were all slightly different one. Like the spectacular Spider-Man wasn't the same, and the Marvel Tales wasn't the same as the yeah. amazing. Though, and those are things that are just, you know, yeah, we get older, and you know, comics are a different business than they used to be. But there was a fun that's not there anymore. Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say about the kind of like a more whimsical New York drawn in the comics yeah. was it was more of a fantasy setting and a lot of things with comics to me is like i just want like a good entertaining story and that's great and good and a lot of times that's what you get but so often the story has to be like the world's at stake and this guy's murdering kids and all this and it's like can't the rhino just rob another bank you know what i mean and i get it we have all those stories you can read them but it's like there was this it was almost like um the Marvel Universe back when Ramita and these guys were kind of creating stuff, it seemed more like a playpen. And now mm-hmm. it seems like they're just trying to be like extreme and serious. Yeah. And it's like, they're supposed to be fun. They're uh, supposed to be, you know. Yeah, Bill Monroe, uh, rest in peace. And yeah, I used to have this peace, phrase yeah. about Spider-Man um, was, you know, it was like the X-Men were like, the X-Men were like trying to solve injustice. And the, uh, the Justice League was stopping universes from... from from smashing together and he, and Spider-Man was just the rhino smashing up the city. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right. It was, I yeah. like the, it's like the Avengers are going to stop the world from ending, but yeah. they're busy doing that. So somebody has got to stop the guy dressed as a rhino destroying fifth Avenue. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and Spider-Man's that guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Remy and Ramita drew him so well. And, that's one of the things, especially like seventies, he would draw celebrities and stuff. And it was yeah. very much a sign of the times. And it always reminds me, it's this, the New York from taxi driver. It's the New York from the early seasons yes. of Sesame street. It's dirty as shit. It is not a nice New York. No, it wasn't fun to live there. No, the, it was not fun to live no. there until like 86. Yeah, <laughs> I think and like, I think after Bernie gets killed some people, it calmed down a little bit. But yeah. but I love that uh, the grime in it. I was just looking at the artist edition while we're talking. The characters are all clean. The kingpin like pops, but there's just so much texture in the streets. Yeah, you know, uh, 
And but they were doing like, I mean, gang war stories and stuff like this. Yeah. So it's not like they weren't trying to do, I mean, they did drug issues. They were protesting Vietnam. They protested Vietnam. Gwen Stacy died, you know, but was murdered. Mm-hmm. They did serious stuff in the books, but it still felt like it just didn't feel the same. And yeah. I guess there's a certain charm that's lost that really can't be recaptured. But I think it's great that this kind of stuff exists and you can go revisit it. And it's like, um, I don't know. It's just like they did a, there's a really cool style. I really like comic art specifically. And Romita is like 40% of that. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, he's so much a part of yeah. like, even just like the kinetic fighting of comic book art of how ca- characters jump around and fight in comic books. Spider-Man always, always just like fists and feet just flying into crowds of people. Yeah. And it's like Kirby might be the only guy that was better at, just ridiculous action stuff then and he learned at kirby's feet yeah and that makes sense you know what i mean yeah so you know uh i'm not gonna say 93 is too young but no matter what age romito yeah lived to uh he'll be well missed and i i actually found out about it from john romita jr's twitter he wrote some really nice words and the outpouring of emotion there was not a single uh professional that had come across from me that didn't have genuinely kind words to say. About yeah. Him. So, uh, yeah, as we said, we've done a lot of talk about Spider-Man and you can find these anywhere. I mean, on Marvel unlimited, you can find anything pretty much they've ever put in, at least in trade paperback. But if you, I, I would, I would hazard a guess that every single listener of this podcast has seen a John Romita senior Spider-Man because yeah. it was so ubiquitous. It, yeah. If you, if you don't know that you did, that's exactly true. You at don't the, know that you yes. did. <laughs> at the very least, Google yeah. John Romita Senior Spider-Man, and you'll you'll just get this homecoming feeling. Uh, Steven, you got a grace thing this week? Uh, well, I've been really busy, but I will say that Ant-Man, the Marvel Legends, is probably the newest thing I got. Um, yeah. I've been behind on my comic book reading, and I haven't seen a movie since Spider-Man. Um, they did a good job. We talk about this a lot, that Marvel Legends are we're kind of obsessed. But my thing with Marvel Legends that's different from yours is and you will just get them when they come out because you have more money than me and you uh well, I keep trading old ones to Mr. Well, then you trade, but I always I always wait. And they came out with an Ant Man, like a classic Ant Man a while ago that was you were like, just get him, he's fine. But And he he's was, an exclusive, so sometimes those guys disappear and never come back. Sometimes they do. And he was on a scrawnier, tinier little body that wasn't great. And the helmet was like the modern Ant-Man helmet. And the Ant-Man helmet, the original design is awesome. It's like a Kirby thing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I want the look, make it look legitimate. They know how to do that. So I was just waiting for them to do it, and they did it. And it's, I don't know. It's a newer body. This Everything's great about it. It's like the one thing I'll say that I dislike with these Marvel Legends is this Ant-Man came with um, open hands, like regular open right. hands and fists. Yeah. That's great. But there's no reason why every one of these Marvel Legends shouldn't come with two heads. And this, yeah. we should have had an Ant-Man head with a helmet. And we could have had an unhelmeted Hank Pym without the helmet and or the helmet empty like he can hold the helmet as if it's off his head. Well, well, now you have to get that West Coast Avengers 5-pack for your unmasked Hank Pym head. I mean, I was going to get that anyway, but then <laughs> that Hank Pym head should come with an angry Hank Pym head. You know Ooh, what I mean? They should yeah. come with different expressions. It's like I got two Captain America heads with the Alex Ross Captain America that are fucking identical. So, you know. Yeah, that was, that was weird. I got that too. Yeah, I got the... Uh... You know, my greatest thing in the world, I'll just add to yours. Yeah, uh, I got the entire Jim Lee 
yellow and blue X-Men set. Yeah. And there's it's seven figures, but they look and it's so dumb because they're it's they're so dumb. They're clearly they're all just repaints of the same basic all body. The same figure. Uh they're new head sculpts. I will say that. They're not using like the old gambit head and the old and they could have. Uh, they could have yes. they didn't. Yeah, but they're but they are really clean. But the Wolverine, like literally he Wolverine came with two heads. One his teeth are clenched and one his mouth is closed. That's it. Yeah. But the nice thing is I got the Fang Wolverine in that set. And they didn't include a Wolverine head, even though the guy Fang is around for like three pages. Wolverine kills him, puts on a suit. Yeah. And then he wa- then he keeps wearing it for like a couple of issues. I, I think he wears it enough issues that they made that action figure in the 90s. And I they did. It. That's what they, I'm saying. It's like yeah. he was in that uniform enough to – he got an action figure in that uniform before the guy he killed and stole his clothes. Right. But I mean, that guy never even got an action figure until last week. And it's basically a prototype of the brown and yellow Wolverine. It's the basically. same colors. It was like John Byrne drew that. And, and it was like, like hey, we should I'll, put I'll it in brown. The, I'll take all the teeth off it right? <laughs> and put his mask back on. But for some reason, they didn't include that. But then again, every Wolverine I've had for the last five years had at least two heads. That's what so I'm I had plenty it's, of heads to choose from. It's just frustrating when they, you know, I got this vision. They came out with like a classic vision, and it's just a simple vision. It's just yeah. the figure. The only thing he came with was an Ultron head. That's it. No other yes. hands, nothing. And it's like unacceptable. That is lazy. <laughs> And that is horse shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's odd. I mean, the one thing I don't like about Marvel Legends is the price. I mean, it's, you know, they're getting crazy. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to justify like 25 bucks for a vision that has an no ultra. hands. You know what I mean? It's just it's just yeah. kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just because it's cheap because they they're just trying to squeeze. I don't mind. You got to make a buck. You know, you got kids to feed. I get it. But this is horse shit. This yeah. is bullshit. Had, you know Hasbro I mean? had a rough year. Did it, they? Why? Uh, um, a lot because uh, Marvel is not as people aren't as into Marvel as since Endgame. Probably because they're not making guys with multiple hands and stuff. You know what I, mean? <laughs> yeah. I got some ideas that could probably turn it around. Well, I, I will tell you this: if you want to know how well Marvel Legends are doing, if you want to get the entire Eternals, it'll cost you about twelve bucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's every one of those figures. I saw those figures in an Ollie's yesterday. That's their fault for making all the Eternals as action figures. Yeah, it's kind of their fault for making that a movie too. That well, they the, the toy company should have said mm, no. We're not <laughs> we're, we're not gonna make all yeah. the Eternals. We'll make Icarus and we'll make Cersei, and that is it. It took them ten years to make Jeff Bridges in Iron Man One. <laughs> I know, and he's actually a good villain in a good movie. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, he's a big armor. It's hard. That's what they said. <laughs> Babies. They're babies, John. See, this is why we miss you on the podcast. I know, because of my colorful commentary. It used to happen every week. There's yeah, a lot yeah, of... Yeah. Well, I'm trying to be more available. every week of you. I'm trying to be more available. <laughs> well, where can we... Speaking of more available, how can we find you online? Um, Yeah, it's going to be tricky. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube at the Brave Butter Pecan, but I rarely use any online things anymore you kind of got to find me out in the world and hope that i don't come find you because that means there's a problem you're on fire <laughs> probably <laughs> well you can follow me at not my book i don't i don't post that much uh either i mostly comment uh but so i'm on twitter and instagram but you can also follow the facebook page facebook.com slash caffeinated comics it's probably the best place to follow us and if you're not already subscribed um please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get podcasts 
Uh, not only does it include the audio feed, which is exclusive to uh, the subscription podcast, but you can also get the audio feeds of both Top Men and Indiana Jones podcast and the MCU Review, which are video podcasts that broadcast live. In fact, uh, as you if you hear this on the day it comes out, we're going to be doing uh, Crystal Skull tonight, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, um, so you guys are up to Crystal Skull. Yeah. And then you're going to do, are you doing the show? We'll do Dial Dust. I think we may do, we were discussing this. I think we may do one just about the whole show. We've also talked about AMC Review. Like, do we do Daredevil and WandaVision? Like, you can't do every episode. Oh, heavens, you'd be crazy to. Yeah, you should do the yeah. whole show as one episode. Yeah, but but also Dial of Destiny is imminent. I am so I very, are you excited? I am. I, I don't care. Uh, like, I'm hearing reviews of people being like, eh, it's, what I've heard is, not as good as the trilogy, better than Crystal Skull. And I'm like, yeah. I That's kind of what I figured we were going to get. I yeah. understand it's not going to be better. It's like we're talking. You can't recreate 60s John Romita comic books. Maybe exactly. the AI thing can do it in a few years. But yeah. whatever. That's a separate topic. But yeah. same thing. You're not going to make Indiana Jones again. That lightning in a bottle will not happen again. But can you get close? Probably. Yeah, get close. that's what I'm hoping. That, one more. Hoping. Just one more. Just so you'll put it to bed nicely. You know what I mean? He deserves one more shot. Yes. So, uh, but I don't, but we'll be talking about that soon. And you and I need to talk about Across the Spider-Verse because I think we need to get into it. Yeah, deeply. I could definitely do a whole episode on that for sure. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for that. But either way, we will talk to you next week.